Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day is that we've been studying human superpowers for a very, very long time, thousands of years to be exact. And one of the first documents to write about what people are capable of in highly unusual circumstances is called the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And this is a book that's been uh, rewritten and researched extensively. And it's basically 196 rules or laws or, or descriptions of things people are capable of that have to do with basically the process of becoming enlightened. And in this book, there are about 25, give or take, different unusual states that were documented by this weird scientific thing we do called observation. And these are things that people are capable of unusually with meaningful, reasonable amounts of science now showing that some of these are actually real. So if you're wondering about this idea of becoming superhuman or getting the ability to be far more intuitive and in touch with the world around you and just to sort of know things somehow in a way that isn't necessarily deductive, cognitive, rational, this is a big part of how I make my decision-making. This is a big part of how, say, venture capitalists, uh, the very best ones say, I go with my gut and I go with data. And our mm. our job as human beings is to be able to go with our gut and to double-check it with thinking. And I think it's a cool fact of the day because, well, we're not the first people to think of this. This has been going on for thousands of years. That book is called The Yoga Sutras. It's not even one version of it. There are many of them. Uh, one of my favorite versions actually was written by Alberto Viotto who reinterpreted that from a shamanic perspective. Alberto's been on the show before. So definitely there's some science here and it's weird stuff, but it's kind of cool. No, I have not levitated while meditating, but I'm open to the thought. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD+, levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. Today's episode is a special episode of Bulletproof Radio and one that's going to be really fun because we're talking about something called self-mastery. And the guest on the show today is someone who you're familiar with if you're a longtime listener. It's Dr. Mark Atkinson, who's a medical director and the leader of the Bulletproof Training Institute. Uh, he's a, a good friend, and I've worked with him for a very long time on putting together what we do for the Bulletproof coaches. And there are a lot of these, a lot of these coaches now. I think Mark, we're looking at uh, about a thousand or so in the in the program or graduated. Yeah, we've had um, about a thousand people come through the training in a pretty short period of time. But but these are people who just were thinking of doing life coaching, but want so much more than life coaching, and that's what we've been offering them. And the reason this matters uh, both to Mark and me is that the lowest hanging fruit for just becoming a higher performance human is get your biology working. So you can actually make the energy, the electrons that are required for you to do things. But here's what you probably haven't heard yet on Bulletproof Radio. If you become a more powerful person and you're a jerk, you become a more powerful jerk. <laughs> so mm. it's not enough to like hit the biology, like I'm leaner, I'm stronger, I'm faster, I, you know, I, I, I'm more focused, but also like, how do you become a better human being along the way? And that's what Mark and I are working on hacking. And so we're gonna talk about what we've learned in our own path on this today. Uh, and Mark is a leader in personal development and has you know, 20 plus years of working in the field. Uh, and I've certainly uh, spent a lot of time in it myself. So you're going to hear from two experts on, on the topic. And during the show, I will talk with you about a new thing we put together, a new program. But just let me just tell you right now, this is not an infomercial. This episode is full of 
knowledge for you to take home and use right now. And that's the intent of this. And I am going to tell you at the end, you know, here's a code if you want to go through a more deep training program, but we're not here to sell you. We're here to give you knowledge. And I'm going to make this uh, as an offer and an opportunity for you. So don't worry about being sold to. There is no selling in here, but I am going to tell you a code at the end if you want to save a hundred bucks on this. Um, on, on that note, Mark, welcome yet again to Bulletproof Radio. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, I'm excited to be talking about something that is relevant to every human being on this planet. And that if they listen to and apply and practice and experiment with, almost certainly will make them a better, more effective, kinder, wiser human being. So it's relevant to everyone. Let's just jump in. The assumption here is, is in fact, this is behind everything I do. I believe that we are fundamentally wired to be nice to each other, but only in a certain order of operation. And I want to kind of gut check this with you. Uh, and number one, we're wired to run away from kill or hide from scary things. And, and there's so much weight of our biology on that because if a tiger eats you right now, it's game over. Right? And then the second thing we're wired to do is eat everything because if you starve to death, it's game over. It just takes longer to do that. So it's not as heavily weighted as you know, reactive, fearful things. The third thing is, and make sure you have a lot of sex because otherwise the species won't reproduce. And if that doesn't happen, it's game over. So our bodies are wired before we can think about it to do game over. And this evolves from ancient bacteria, mitochondria, and every life form on earth, plant and animal follows these rules uh, in that order. But the fourth thing that every life form also does is after those core needs are met, is we're wired to form a community, to form friends, to work together. Bacteria do this when they form yogurt and kombucha and slime slime molds do it, and herds of deer do it, and forests do it when trees cooperate. And we are wired to do this as human beings, but not if we're stuck in the first three. And, and that's like the context for what I do. But what do you think about that order of operations for people who are looking for self-mastery as a framework? Yeah, I mean, you know, the most famous uh, order was uh, Abraham Maslow's, and and, and you know, there's similarities here. It's basically saying there's some core fundamental needs that, when met, will relax you to the degree to which to focus on things of even greater depth and importance than survival. So, so many of us, when we don't have these core needs met, we're stuck in the survival state. And a lot of people, some people listening here, are stuck in survival, and you know you are because you're going to have a furiously busy mind, you're going to feel as though you have no space in your life, and you're going to notice you're stressed, tense, and hyperreactive. That means you're in survival. And it's a pretty unpleasant place to be. It feels really uncomfortable, and our most destructive behavior flows from that. So, you know, one of the first things we have to do is we have to meet those basic needs. And that means making sure we have the right fuel on board. It means knowing how to regulate our emotional nervous system so that we can actually calm down our neurology and be present in the present moment. And it actually means about working with our biology, getting in order so that we can free up energy and capacity to focus on what matters most. Because a lot of people spend a lot of time focusing things on things that do not matter. It's like the focus on TV, they're all focused on distraction, they're engaging in addictions and compulsions that ultimately do not matter. They're an escape mechanism for this frustration and stress and tension inside. So you know where self-help starts? It starts with kind self-honesty, getting real. It's like you look at your life, you look at yourself, and with honesty and ideally kindness not far behind it, you say, you know what? The way I'm living my life is not working as I hope it would, or I'm not in the place I want to be, or I'm not in the depth of loving relationship with my partner I want to be in, or I don't feel connected to myself or my children. So it really starts with honesty and then building up the foundation, starting with your biology, because to feel sane and alive, you have to have a biology that serves you. And that's why you and I, we always start with biology because once your biology is functioning well, you feel great, and then you you have a mind that is so much more clear and better able to figure out how you want to dedicate your time and energy. Very well said. I think at this point I've interviewed, I was just counting in my head, that I, off the top of my head, I can think of like eight gurus level, you know, people who are, were, were monks from various practices uh, or, or nuns or people who've really 
achieved levels of meditation mm-hmm. mastery. Uh, guys like Dr. Barry Morgulon, you know, 25 years, you know, the, the, the real life Dr. Strange kind of guy. Uh, and Dawa Tarchin Phillips, uh, who's, you know, does personal development work and like executive mm. performance stuff from the perspective of a Buddhist monk. It's kind of the list goes on. And the reason I interview people like this on Bulletproof Radio is that I think all of us want to have that same sense of well-being, clarity, and like the inner freedom that meditation masters have. And some of the world's highest performers have, but honestly, a lot of people who are performing well, uh, you know, in other words, they're making money and, you know, they have a jet or, you know, they're well-known and fame and power and all this stuff. Some of them are miserable as all hell. And others of them have a sense of effortlessness. Guys like Naveen Jain, um, who, who does Viome, uh, who's been on the show a couple of times. And, and just like, how, how do I help? And, and just, just this incredible energy. I think everyone listening wants that, where there's a sense of effortlessness and clarity internally. And it can be taught. It can be. It's just hard to teach if the biology doesn't work right. Right. And it really starts, I found, so over the years of having taught this, I've come to understand it starts with one commitment. And the commitment, for anyone listening to this, you've got to figure out whether what I'm going to share with you is true for you. You know, I'm just offering a perspective. Dave's offering a perspective. You've got to figure out whether it's true for you. But try this out. So what would happen if you woke up tomorrow morning and the first thing you go to in your mind is rather than what needs to be done today and, you know, to get into that energy, you take a moment, you breathe and you ask yourself, what am I really committed to today? And experiment with this rather than being committed to being a success or to perfection or to become more wealthy, try committing to discovering what is true and real. And don't even go up to your head to try and figure out what that means. Because what it does, it orientates you to a depth of living within which you discover a inner sense of ease and flow that so many seek. And you know what you do? As you orientate, it's just like literally you show up, you say, I just want to know what's true and what's real. You get committed to truth and you follow that. And then what it does, it takes you deeper because most of us, and some of you listening, live right at the surface. And you know it. If you're really honest, you just know you're at this, you know something's wrong. You know in your bones that something is not right. You don't feel at peace. You don't feel fulfilled. You're always agitated. You know, you're, in de- you're indulging in a whole bunch of behaviors and activities you'd rather not, you, know, you prefer people not to know about. You know this if you're really honest about yourself. And so what I'm putting out here is starting with a commitment as you wake up tomorrow morning, you smile on the inside and you just try this out as an experiment. You just say, okay, today I'm going to commit to what is true and what is real. Don't even figure out what that means and then see what unfolds. You can take this at a, at a big level. And I learned to do this over the last you know, 10, 20 years. But one of the things I started doing when I wanted to take more supplements because I'm like, oh, my biology isn't working well and my brain is foggy and I don't have the energy I want. So I started studying these and I started studying them cognitively and rationally in my head. And so I said, I know that this is supposed to do this. Therefore, I'm going to take this. In fact, I'll do it every single day. And as I evolved and I do 150 supplements a day because I'm going to live to 180 mm-hmm. years or longer, Mark. And we've talked about this. Like, like mm-hmm. this is my goal. I think it's achievable. And if it's not, I'm going to die trying. Like, no harm. I would have died anyway, right? But what I've, what I've done over the years is, is I wake up in the morning, and I go to take my morning handful of supplements. And I check in with that, what do I know to be true? And what I know mm. consciously and cognitively is that if I take this supplement, it has these, these mechanisms in lab studies, and it, it, and it ought to work. But I also know that there's a thing that happens in my biology before I really think about it when I reach for the bottle. And there are times... When my body's like, don't take that. Hmm. And I don't. Right. right? So I mix it right. up on a daily basis based on this inner knowing. And my belief is that this, this inner knowing, a lot of the stuff comes from what we like to call the ego. And I believe that the ego is an emergent phenomena from a bacterial level of consciousness. You have a quadrillion bacteria inside the body making decisions on those basic three things. And those roll up, and they roll up to you thinking really nasty things about someone who cuts you off in traffic, or about that person at work who's who's doing something you don't like, or they roll up to pretty much every 
thing you've ever done that you're ashamed of, the things you talked about earlier, Mark. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happens when you commit to truth like this is that you're better able to sort of feel when your body doesn't just tell you negative things because it's also wired to tell you positive things. The problem is that the negative things are incredibly overweighted because you might die. Right. right? And, and so I would offer for everyone listening that those, we'll just call them shameful things or things that inhibit your performance or things you don't like that you do anyway, but they kind of feel good at the time. All of those are not actually you. Right. You're responsible for them, but that is a separate consciousness that keeps your, your hardware alive. And if your hardware is only half alive because you haven't fed yourself right or because you're not sleeping or you're, doing, you're drinking too much, whatever your thing is, um, those systems will be even more attenuated for negativity and stress. But if you can just be like, all right, there's something happening inside of me and I am responsible for it, but it's not me, a huge amount of like burden just drops right then. Because like, okay, now I'm dealing with almost an adversary inside of me, but it also can be my ally as long as I train it. Think of it like an animal because it isn't a very smart system. It's just blindingly fast and it controls your reality because it's the thing that senses light before you translate the light into a visual image and then tell yourself a story about the image in your brain. It was in line ahead of you. And so as you're working on knowing what's true, your built-in hardware sensors will know what's true, but then they'll take that that calm level playing field and they will tell you that the scary things are way more true and interesting than the non-scary things and that you should put all of your energy into avoiding those scary things mm. or those things that might make you starve or might mean the species doesn't reproduce. So you way overweight your behavior unless you know this and unless you are tuned into telling yourself what's true because the you that's in there that is separate from these urges is actually wired to be nice and kind to other people. And, and this is that part of self-mastery. I've never heard it put that way. This came out of writing Headstrong. Mm. And and it also came out of you know studying artificial intelligence and, and all of my tech entrepreneurship to understand emergent phenomena, which is when you, you follow basic small rules, trillions, almost Googleplex numbers of times, and suddenly complex behaviors emerge. And the complex behaviors you don't like in your life are very ancient. And you feel responsible and and you usually feel embarrassment or shame or uh, just like kind of revulsion, like, God, why why did I eat the cookie? I told myself I wasn't going to, but I did it. Well, there's a reason. The thing is, it wasn't you. And, and the idea that, that I want you to come away with is, number one, it might not be you, but you own it. And, and in this podcast, just in this episode, to be able to understand part of self-mastery is that knowledge and then understanding how do you go through that that practice you just talked about, you know, what, what's really true. Not yeah. what you think is true, but what right. you feel is true, and right. then double check it with thinking. Yeah, uh, Mark. Yeah. Aside from this practice, you know, wake up in the morning, take a few deep breaths, mm-hmm. and just ask yourself what's really true mm-hmm. about my life today. Yeah. What yeah. are some other tools that that you like to or that you teach in the the in the training program that anyone listening can apply to their life? Yeah. Well, you've been pointing to it. It's called ego observation. And it's about watching your ego with amusement. I call it amused observation. So it's like this, and you're spot on about the ego. So the ego is not who you are. So just to be really clear about this, you know your ever-present mental chatter and voice in your head that has a mental running commentary, that is the voice of the ego. Now, what you could try as an experiment for just one day is not pay attention to it, And instead, have your awareness in your body because your body is constantly communicating to you a deeper level of truth. And it communicates that through feeling contracted and expanded. If your body wants you to do something that's in alignment with your highest interest, you'll get a felt sense of rightness. It will just feel right in your body regardless of what the head says. So the first thing is voice in your head, period. You're just not. It's, an, it's a survival-focused mental construct that originates from primitive and acquired conditioning that creates the illusion of a separate sense of self. Now, you can run a self-diagnostic scan to work out whether you live from within your ego. If you feel separate from life and other people, and you habitually judge what you see and yourself, and you live with a sense of me and not me, that means you perceive life through the ego, which you are not. 
Now, the really good news is there is a deeper, more expansive dimension available to you whenever you want. So I'm going to teach you how to access it. So I'm going to teach you a very simple practice right now called centering practice. And this will give you a taste of what it's like to rest in the experience of what we call aware presence. Here's how you do it. Now, the golden rule with all of these things is there should be no effort trying or striving because if you do that, that's the ego trying. You do it with a smile on the inside. You bring open curiosity to it. And so if you can, and it's safe for you to do that, close your eyes and you're going to count down from five whilst breathing into your lower belly, soften your lower belly, counting down from five. So it goes like this. Five, four, three, two, one. Arriving in your lower belly. If it helps, place your hand there. Now keep your focus in your lower belly without going back up to your head. Open your eyes and notice what you notice. What's happened to your mind chatter? Now for some of you, it's either gone or it's gone down significantly. Now whatever your experience is, and even if you're back up in your head, just smile, don't make a problem of it and just come back into your belly and notice how much more present moment focused you are, how much more centered and grounded in the here and now you are. Maybe even get a sense of spacious, aware presence. This is who you are. Never designed to live in the head from ego. We were gifted in the ego to survive childhood, but what served us in childhood to help us survive now limits us in adulthood. And so part of this human upgrade process that we teach is about realizing, one, you're not your ego, and two, is spend more time in the experience of aware presence and conduct your life from there. Because when you are centered in the aware presence like this, the best response to the needs of the present moment arises effortlessly from you. Your best game naturally arises. And you're so much more present. And so the deal is this. You want to live from your belly, and your heart, and go up to your head when you need to think, but when you finish thinking, come back down again. And so when you start your day, tune into your deepest commitment, whether it's to know the truth, the truth of reality, whatever is most meaningful for you, find words that work for you, and then before you go up to your head, smile on the inside, count down from five, breathe into your belly, become centered and grounded. And then if you're surrounded by any loved ones or partners or children, look at them from there, look in their eyes, connect with them and start your day from there. And then the following day, don't do that and contrast the difference between the start of your days. That is uh, amazing. I hope I hope that if you tried to do that, that you, you do that uh, at home in a nice calm place, obviously, as Mark said, uh, uh, do it if you're in a safe place, because if you're doing that while driving, uh, you did it wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so w- what's happening here is if you listen to Mark, uh, he actually changed his voice a little bit. Uh, so he spoke to you in a, in a focused way that was just low and resonant and calm. And get this, your body picks up on that mm-hmm. stuff. And if you look at any one of the leaders in personal development, whether we're talking uh, Jack Canfield, uh, Tony Robbins, Mark, it, it doesn't matter. When, when they're helping you access those things, it actually matters because you are consciously saying, I processed these words in, in my mental filter. And if you're like most human beings, like, oh, the, I hear the words, they go in consciously. But what's really happening is that the vibration of the words hits cells in your body that are sensitive to vibration. The lowest level cells in your body are actually subcellular components, your mitochondria. And then uh, you, you actually, they affect you uh, on a physical level, not just through your ears. And then they're picked up by little cilia in your ears. Mm. Little cilia in your ears are also powered by mitochondria, right? Then they're translated to electricity and they do go into your brain. But when they go into your brain, uh, the hearing processing part of the brain is uh, wired specifically for pattern recognition and filtering. After that happens, by the way, all that's outside your conscious knowledge and control, unless you've trained it. 
then it hits your prefrontal cortex, which has six or seven levels. And each of them basically is pulling out. Is that a piece of word? Is that not a piece of word? And they are ignoring or emphasizing things that they believe will keep you alive. Hmm. So when Mark delivers something like that right now, he delivered it for you in a way that is more likely for your brain to be able to hear the words instead of for you to be able to basically hear the words and just right. think about them. But you want them to kind of go into your into your unconsciousness without a splash. Like you ever seen a an Olympic diver? Uh, they dive off the high dive and they enter the water and there's no splash. Well, when you're doing work with your nervous system, you want to be able to communicate with the nervous system in such a way. And that's one of the challenges of working on personal development is it's not enough uh, you know, to listen to a, a Nine Inch Nails song that has those same words, it's just going to affect you very differently than if you're sitting in a calm, mm. uh, calm, dark, you know, focused, warm, safe place and really tuning in because your body listens to all that other stuff, even if you don't. So, so the real story of what's going on here is that the words affect you energetically and emotionally right. before they affect you cognitively. And most of us, including me, I mean, I'm an engineer. I come from a family of, of hardcore skeptics. Uh, I'm sure that if my grandmother uh, was, you know, 80 years younger, she'd be like a science troll online right now mm. saying yeah, that that didn't happen because it can't uh, sort of reverse logic stuff. So I, I was all about processing from the head down and the way you process everything in your environment uh, uh, whether it's a sound, light, things you see, it, it doesn't really matter. It all comes up through this energy processing right. filtering system before it hits you cognitively. And guess who's in charge of that stuff? It's not you, it's the ego. And that's why this ego awareness we're talking about is so critically important for you not to become an enlightened master unless like that's what you want to do. And hey, I, I'm in tune with that. But what it comes down to is, do you want to perform better at the things that matter to you. Mm. And it may be, I want to get swole. Like, like that's my big thing. Okay, this still works. Or, you know, I, I want to just be a really effective entrepreneur or I want to be an effective parent. Or I just want to have a ton of energy when I, I come home from work and I don't have cravings and I'm, I don't want to be fat. Whatever it is, all of it starts mm. with what you sense, what you feel, and then what you think. And if you just get that order of operations down, mm. and that was the only thing you walked away from this episode with, you're going to walk away with mm. basically with a gift that, that can help you. Why did I feel that? Why did I tell myself a story about what I felt? The truth is that if you tell yourself a story about your feelings, the story is mm. always a lie. Yeah. It, it just yeah. is. Mark, mm. talk with me more about how people make up stories about what they feel. Yeah, absolutely. So the head is a story-creating device that is constantly creating narratives and stories about why it thinks something is going on. And those stories are rarely true, rarely helpful. And so it's really important to know that that mind chatter, the story creator, is the ego. It's constantly creating stories. That's what it does. And if you experience life through the ego, you need to know something really important, that you're living behind a psychic firewall created to protect you in childhood, but now in adulthood, keeps you disconnected. You will know if you live behind this psychic fall. And you know, just be honest with yourself now and just smile and just check in. It's like, if you feel separate from life, you feel disconnected and you feel like you're surrounded by these thoughts and these stories, you are sitting behind this psychic firewall, this mind-made prison. And you will notice, if you're really honest, that innate to that experience is a sense of something is wrong, something is lacking, there is a hole in the soul, a innate sense of insufficiency, a sense of either not being good enough or not having enough. So what we're pointing to here is that the foundations of human development is to realize, one, you are not the ego. Two, you're probably existing most of the time experiencing life from behind this psychic firewall. Three, you are not supposed to ever believe the stories and the narratives the ego create. Occasionally they're helpful, majority of the time they're not. Four, you have a choice. You have a choice because you are 100% responsible for your state of consciousness in any given moment. And we've already given you a tool for shifting state of consciousness. That's just a breathing to your belly called centering practice. Another one is if you look straight forward right now, Soften your eyes. 
even just the act of softening your eyes, we have a lot of tension in our eyes. Simply the act of softening your eyes will put you into alpha state. Notice the space around you and what's starting to happen. Now, if you do this without effort or trying, you're going to notice yourself starting to feel more calm and centered. So what do you do? You just change the way you are looking. The way you look affects what you see and the energy that flows to it. So it's like, these are just foundational things that every single human being on the planet and should be taught, which is you can shift your state of consciousness. You're not supposed to live from your head, but use your head. If you're not skillfully working with your head, it's using you according to conditioned primitive program that probably is creating a lot of suffering for you. And if it's creating suffering from you, you're probably creating suffering for others as well. So for your sake, for the sake of the people around you, for the sake of the society and community you live within, not just for us, but as a part of our contribution to contributing to a higher functioning society. Because as you learn to move beyond the fear-based narratives of the ego and you start operating more from aware presence, innate to which is a lot of the qualities we seek, kindness, joy, ease, flow, connection. See, what you seek is who you are and who you are is discovered when you come out of the head and ego into the present moment in the body, in a way in which is open and allowing. And so what Dave's been pointing to is this idea that you want to be sensing into and feeling into the experience of the alive body. Most of us live in the head. We're decapitated from it. And as you sense into that, it's constantly giving you information. And your job is, as that information comes up, notice throughout the day Tension comes up all the time. Blockages come up all the time. How there's part of you that compulsively resists the flow of experience through your body. And the greatest gift you can give to yourself is the next time you notice you resisting what's going on in your body, whether it's anxiety or fear, you smile and you say to it, wherever it is in your body, I see you, I accept you. And in that moment of welcoming reality in your body, you're going to know the something profound. The body will relax and the story that was being fueled by that tension will shift or dissolve. So, wow, you can actually intervene before the story by paying more attention to your body. So next time you're caught up in the unhelpful story, smile, center yourselves, notice where the tension is in your body, welcome the tension allow it to flow out of you and you're going to free yourself and, and drop into aware presence innate to which is the experience of freedom and in freedom you can choose your next response. It's interesting because for a lot of people uh, who hear that, that's going to absolutely trigger a BS detector mark. Right. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right, and, and you're like, look, I I've become, mm. uh, you know, who and what I am today because I can solve problems, because mm. I can think about things, uh, because I'm smart, mm. and that's all true, mm. right? That that's a part of it, uh, but I want to share some stories, uh, things I've seen, uh, things that have happened to me, and I want some stories from you too mm. that, that, that make this this true. And I'll, I'll go first, and I'll ask I'll ask you for one. Sure. And one of the things that was most profoundly helpful for me was, and keep in mind, I, I had the symptoms of Asperger's. I tested high in Asperger's tests. I wasn't formally diagnosed with this because I'd already done a lot of biohacking by the time I figured this out, but it, it's something that runs in my family. A lot of my engineering relatives are Asperger's. Uh, so the odds are that I, I did have this. So that when you have that, you're pretty much hyper-rational. You, you think about things all in your head. And I went to a personal development thing. One of the first things I'd ever gone to uh, a friend of mine said, Dave, you have to go to this. I'm not telling you what's in there because then you won't go. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. Mm. Uh, I I was getting out of uh, a relationship that wasn't working for me and I had just lost $6 million, uh, the, the only $6 million I had at the time. Uh, so I was not in a good place. And I went to this and there was some stuff that was just really uncomfortable for me uh, in there. Just It, it was basically working with, with feelings and all this. And the woman in charge said, you know, Dave, I, I think you're feeling something. I said, yeah, I'm feeling something. I'm pretty pissed off. Like, this is stupid, and, and I don't like it, and, you know, I don't want to be here. Mm. 
And, and she said, you're feeling something else. And I said, no, I'm not. And it actually took two days of, of her like really, really working with me with a couple other people. And finally, she just looked at me and she said, are you feeling anything in your body? And I said, yeah, my stomach feels a little bit weird. And she said, there's a name for that feeling. And I'm like, oh, really? What is it? And she said, it's called fear. And, and I looked at her and I said, yeah, right. I said, if it was fear, there's nothing here for me to be afraid of. I, like, like, look around. I'm in a safe place. So it can't be fear because there's no reason for it to be fear. Hmm. And she just laughed and she said, feelings aren't rational. Mm -hmm. There doesn't have to be a reason for you to feel any feeling. They can just happen. And this came down to my mental map we talked about earlier around, okay, how does your brain process things versus how do your body process things? And I believe that we process things through the brain. And that was a story that was not true because we actually feel it first and then we think it because feelings are faster than thoughts. And for me, that was a huge eye-opener, and it really set me down the path of simultaneous you know, biohacking, and part of biohacking is personal development, hmm. where you can get your hardware working, you, you can turn up the energy in your body, but if the software in your mind, you know, the, these stories we tell ourselves are completely wrong, you'll just be a more powerful jerk, and, hmm. and that's not what I want to unleash on the world. Right. Uh, and, it, and it's something, though that even even if you just get your biology working better, you'll be less of a jerk because at least you're less stressed about starving to death and your energy will be better on one level. But on the other level, when you allow the conscious processing and the ego to be in charge, you will do things more powerfully that are jerk-like, but, but there'll be less times when you're just emotionally cranky and irritable. Uh, so you'll, you'll still do big, nasty things if you don't address this side of biohacking. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just that that story and, and literally feeling this in a really uncomfortable uh, personal growth environment, uncomfortable for me, uh, which was that feelings happen before thoughts and they happen without a reason. And so you know, if, if you're a, a computer science guy like me uh, and, and you're saying, well, you know, I, I've got this. Actually, you don't. And, mm. and the second story that ties in with this is uh, it's my friend Craig Handley, uh, who runs a, a large company. And he came and he did 40 Years of Zen. And, and for people who have been listening for a long time, 40 Years of Zen is my uh, neurofeedback facility in Seattle. And we've got neuroscientists and custom hardware and software. And I spent four months of my life with electrodes on my head, basically running a lie detector, like showing me how to control my brain and, and how to, how to sense these things that maybe weren't easy for me to sense. And I, I bring executives and people through this program and it's given me the opportunity to kind of look inside the head of some powerful people. And I, I could talk about Craig because he posted this stuff all over Facebook. And what he said is like, I'm a really successful entrepreneur and he's been in you know, entrepreneur magazine and Inc and all this. And he said, I didn't realize that, almost all of my success was driven by being bullied in seventh grade. Hmm. <laughs> and like, and, and he's like, I didn't know it. And now I, I don't have to, I don't have to follow those rules anymore. My success when I made $6 million was driven by an, an absolute terror of failing, right? So you can become successful running away from stuff that's scary. The problem is it's success without joy and happiness. Right. And it's much easier to be successful. Hmm. And the measure of success is how much do I like my life? And you can do that by not running away from something, but actually moving towards something that's meaningful and important to you. And, and that's really the essence of, of all of this. And, and for me, personal development, breathing exercises, meditation, yoga. I, I went to Tibet to learn meditation from the masters. Mm. And in my case, gluing electrodes to my head to really get the nuances of it. But that isn't necessary for anyone listening to do, but what is important is you understand these things and you're like, oh, there's a feeling. Okay, the feeling is real. Is what I think is causing the feeling, is that real? And the answer right. is probably not. And an example there, mm. I used to have like huge muscles in my middle finger, Mark. Uh, and that because people would cut me off in traffic. I'd flip them off and I'd tailgate them and I was a total jerk about it. And the story in my head that I totally believe was like, they're cutting me off because you know they think they matter more than I do. Or I don't, I don't really even know the story, but it, basically I, I just get really mad. Hmm. And this is not an uncommon thing. But the story I replaced that with after doing lots of these uh, breathing exercises and neurofeedback and, and whatnot is that, look, I don't know why they're cutting me off. And so I could believe it's because they think they're more important than me. I could also think they're cutting me off because they're on their way to the hospital to see their children who are in a bad accident who are about to die, right? I don't know whether either story is true. Probably neither one of them is true. And frankly, they probably aren't really paying attention when they cut you off or maybe they're just having a bad day, whatever. I, I don't know. But the bottom line is all I truly know, someone cut in front of me when I don't think they should have. And then that enabled me to just literally overnight 
just by replacing the story with one that made me behave better to completely just not care if someone cuts me off. Right. And that's the kind of freedom. All the energy I was wasting on that was completely not good. All the negative energy I was putting into the world from that wasn't good. And all of a sudden I saved that negative energy and turned it into energy I can use to do something like, I don't know, write a book or do a podcast or something useful. All right, tell me some stories about how you came across this, Mark, because you've, you've had a, a long and, 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 yeah. and twisted in a good yeah. way path of, of realization. Right, that definitely, definitely twisted in a good way. You know, so many people come to this because their previous way of being wasn't working, right? And so for me, it's like, you know, I was uh, maybe about 12 years ago, you know, on TV a lot, you know, launch of the first book, all that kind of stuff, doing book tours. And um, uh, before I'd go to speak, I would be in my room crying, not knowing why. I would speak for an hour and a half, shake hands, sign books, go back to my room and cry. Wow. Then I would go on national TV the following morning as a holistic doctor. And just before I go on, I'd go into the, the toilets, the, the washrooms, and cry, shift gears, be a doctor on TV, go home and cry. And I had no idea why this was. My, my, my head couldn't compute it. It didn't make sense because at one level, it was being successful, right? It's like, you know, making a difference. It just didn't. So there was this, there was two parallel universes. There was sadness in the body. And then there was just confusion in my head as to what the hell's going on. And so when I eventually reluctantly saw a therapist, she said, the body tells the truth. Mm -hmm. Huh. The body tells the truth. And she said, but the story you're making up is not the truth. It's a guess. It's a guess as to what the hell's going on. Let go of the story and be with what is true. And what is true is there's sadness there. Now, you've got a choice around that. Either you continue to ignore it and see how that works out for you, and you've been trying that for a long time, or turn towards it, be with it, feel it, welcome it, and allow it to move through you. And I did that, and the freedom was like, it was like being completely deflated. And I realized, wow, it's like, I have been tense for so long, fearful for so long, and I never was able to admit it to myself. And that's why I started off talking about kind, self-honesty, getting real. I just didn't admit I was fearful. I was trying to impress the world. I was trying to get applause. I was trying to get validation for who I was. It was an unfillable need. And I was trying my best, and it wasn't working. And all along, this emotion was breaking through, trying to communicate to me that what I was doing was not working. And in that moment of simply surrendering to the actuality of the sadness and opening up to it, I felt I didn't have to pretend anymore. Maybe I could just be me and it was okay to be sad. I didn't have to be superhuman at the expense of my emotions and my relationships because I also came to realize is like, listen, unless I'm attuned into my emotions in my body, you cannot relate with another human being because you can't relate from behind the head because you're relating through stories. But when you're in your body and in your emotions and relate from there, that is the bridge for intimacy and for connection. So that was my turning point. And you know what that then led to was realizing, wow, I have to go back to kindergarten. The reason people say things like, this is all bullshit, that's called fear. And that's okay. <laughs> that's completely okay. You remember the psychic firewall I talked about? Right up front, skeptic, cynic, critic, judge. Like, if you're listening to this and you think, yeah, this doesn't make sense, like, what are you going on about? Don't worry about it. It's like, that's just part of the psychic firewall kicking off. That's like a piece of toast popping up. Just smile and do it anyway and see what happens. You've got nothing to lose. It's like, all I'm saying is like, go into your body and welcome what's there. Uh, or breathe into your belly come down from five see what happens and so for me it's like it was like i i literally felt i went back i i realized i have got to learn how to rebuild myself from the ground up and i've got to find people i trust who can help me do that 
who were further along the path. So I had a therapist, I had a mentor, did shed loads of trauma work. You know, I just had to do a lot of anger work, a lot of rage work. I had to have very difficult conversations. I had to learn how to work with and manage my stress, my emotions. I learned to meditate. I learned to completely rebuild my biology. I sorted out my diet and realized, wow, I was like, when I get sugar, when I came off sugar after two days, I was like a different human being. It's like the light bulb went on. I was like on fire. I started eating more healthy. I started working out. And then I realized, wow, is like the kind of human being I am is profoundly influenced by what I do with my biology and psychology. And life has gifted us this body-mind vehicle to take great care of and to use in service of our deeper purpose. And that purpose can change over time. Sometimes it can be just to show up and take amazing care of our children. It can be to be of service to this person or this person. See, the idea is you have to learn how to take care of and navigate this vehicle called the body-mind. You've been gifted it, right? And so when you befriend it, you learn how to use it in service of your heart's callings, your deeper purpose. Then that is when you feel like you're living from integrity and that's when you experience the ease and flow that we talked about at the beginning of this. It's like you literally feel is like life is living me. And you discover it's like my job is to keep my ego out of the way. And when you do that, then what comes online is natural confidence and ease, a natural intuitive capacity, ability to be present and connect, to listen, to relate. And a lot of fun, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of joy and profound gratitude. Now, no one needs to believe that. All we're pointing to is just check it out, try it out, see what happens. If your life's working for you, don't worry about it. But if it isn't working for you or you're being called to something deeper, try it out. Find the path that works for you. But just realize is like most people who are successful, and I mean genuine success, that means they're successful in life as well as love genuine success, have done a lot of inner development work, are surrounded by mentors and teachers, do merely value self-care and looking after their body and their mind, they realize that has to be foundational because everything else flows from that. In fact, uh, my next book, I just finished writing the manuscript, oh, about uh, 10 days uh, uh, before we're recording this episode, uh, is, is really about that, that part of things. Because it turns out the people who run 100 million plus companies, some of them are, are miserable, but the vast majority of them actually have done this work. And the people that I get the most joy out of spending time with have done this kind of work. So there's this whole network of people who are really successful, not because they run big companies, not because they have a lot of money. Uh, sometimes they don't have a lot of money, but they've, you know, they, they've changed their field of work. They've invented new things. This is what makes them tick. It's not all cognitive, and usually mm. there's some level of brilliance and cognitive thing, but there's also a level of intuition. And so my ask for all people listening to this right. is that you got to step up and do this kind of work. And here's how I got there. I did all the stuff that's supposed to work from a cognitive domain. I mean, I I did the education, I had the good career, I went to Western doctors. I, I did all the things. And, and I got to the point where the more I do this stuff, I'm completely unhappy. And I didn't even really admit that to myself until I'm <laughs> like, I, I kind of hit a point where you couldn't really deny it. <laughs> you, you lose all your money. Uh, you're in bad relationships all the time. And you're working like 16 hours a day. And it's still not enough. And, and you get there. And then I said, all right, I'm going to do what's not supposed to work. So I started doing personal development. I started doing yoga. I, I did ayahuasca 20 years ago with the shaman in Peru. I went to Tibet and, and studied meditation. And, and I did all these things knowing full well that it was probably bullshit. Mm. <laughs> because it's not where I'm from. I'm like, but I'm going to try it because the stuff I've been trying simply doesn't work. It isn't getting me where I want to go. And I know something isn't right. So I'm just going to suspend my disbelief. I'm going to assume it's all bullshit. And I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to be scientific about it and test it because there's a large group of people who seem to say it works, even though they can't tell you exactly why. And, and since I took that step, 
I've benefited a lot. I can tell you right now, I wouldn't be doing the show. I wouldn't be running Bulletproof. Uh, we wouldn't have done 100 million cups of Bulletproof coffee last year. I wouldn't be writing books. I wouldn't be like the dad and the husband that I am. Uh, and I, I probably wouldn't even have the mission I have right now. Mm-hmm. And it's because I stepped off and I said, look, it's probably not going to work, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'll feel something because right now I don't like what I'm feeling. Uh, the downside of that risk is I might have wasted some time. Like I might have gone to Tibet and seen some interesting mountains and had no effect. I might have, you know, just drunk ayahuasca and thrown up in the jungle and just been like, that was, you know, that was terrible. I'm never doing that again. But the downside risk is relatively low from trying out what we're talking about on this episode for you. And the upside is, is the most precious part of being a human being. So it's worth the risk, even if you're highly skeptical, which is where I come from. Right. And you can just ask yourself is like, who do I want to become? And you know, a really powerful, I'll probably finish on this one. Um, a really powerful question is this. We kind of go throughout life and, and we kind of say, what do I want from life? And, it, and it's kind of very me egocentric. And, and I'm going to put this out because this was really important for me and, and for a lot of people I've taught it to. Rather than asking, uh, what do I want from life? Ask life, what do you want from me? Who would you have me become? And keep orientated to that as you go about your day. And then what you will almost certainly find is that you will get a sense of being guided in a particular direction. And you'll end up actually moving in a direction maybe completely different to where your head thought you would go. But you'll be pulled deeper. And as you go deeper into life, you tap into this undercurrent, this wellspring of well-being and fulfillment and inner peace. And all of this comes from courage to try, a willingness to face reality and be in reality, a commitment to know what is true. And then what you discover is that as the ego, the ego actually upgrades, it becomes from an immature, which is like a victim blame kind of ego it actually upgrades to being one that is much more focused on we so it goes from me to we it's actually genuinely naturally motivated to contribute not at the expense of self but from the fullness of self and so it contributes to the well-being of others and then when you start creating a life where you feel connected to life taking great care of the body mind that's been gifted to you and you're in service of others in some small or large meaningful way, then all that really comes online is just gratitude. But you have to do the work, <laughs> and the work is challenging. The work is challenging, and the ego will come up with a thousand one reasons why not to do it. The ego is all about maintaining equilibrium. It wants to maintain homeostasis. It wants you to stay stuck. And so watch out for that. And the moment you see yourself distracting from doing the right thing, smile and do the right thing anyway. Very well said, Mark. Now, I promised at the beginning of the show that we weren't going to sell you anything, and we haven't. What I am going to tell you now is that Mark and I have put together a training program that teaches you a deeper level of this stuff. So if what we said resonated, or frankly, if we really triggered your strong BS detector, <laughs> I'm just going to challenge you, yeah. <laughs> like prove us wrong, give it a try. You can go to beunlimitedtraining.com, which is our, our, new, uh, our new program for this. And because you're a Bulletproof Radio listener, you can save $100 on the training, which knocks it from $497 down to $397. And the code you would use for that is your future. So go to beunlimitedtraining.com and enter the code your future, which is going to save you something. And what you get here is five weeks of training, five live calls with Mark and the training team, uh, content that, that I've put together, and you get five different modules about what it takes to shift gears at this level. And I've got to tell you, just given what I'm doing now, uh, the level of success, not measured economically, but level of success and just like, I love what I'm doing. I like my life. That This is the the secret stuff that is there in people who change their industries or change their field of academic study or change their ability to be good parents. This is the stuff that no one talks about because frankly, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, Mark is talking about crying before he goes on stage. Like he's a, he's a physician, like he's a, an author. Uh, I, I, before I learned how to do this, 
I was in terror before I'd go on stage, you know, going way back in you know, the, the, the late 90s. I'm like, I'm going to do it anyway. I didn't even know what I said the first five times I was on stage. I, it was completely blanked out. But apparently it was good because people clapped at the end. And eventually I'm like, I actually, I'm not going to die on stage. But all these things, these are, are areas of development that, that are uncomfortable to talk about because it's admitting weakness. It's being vulnerable. And you don't have to admit weakness or be vulnerable. If you do the training, you have to admit, though, that something isn't working as well as I want it to work. And we're doing this training as an act of service because Mark and I, and in fact, the entire team at Bulletproof, uh, we believe fundamentally that we're wired to be kind to each other when we get all this bad programming out of the way, when we get our biology working right now. And the core mission statement for, for Bulletproof is you know, we make things that radically change people's lives in order to help you tap into the unlimited power of being human. And I believe fundamentally, we not just are wired to be kind, but we have way more power and unlimited amount of power as humans. It's just hidden from us. And, and this is my own life progress. This is Mark's progress. I want to make it teachable. Mark wants to make it teachable. And that's why there's Be Unlimited training right now, uh, because no one's talked about this in this way and made it actionable. So BeUnlimitedTraining.com, use the code YOURFUTURE, spend a little bit of time in your life for five weeks and see if it works, because I really think it will. On that note, I'm tempted to ask Mark his top three pieces of advice for someone who's going to perform better, but he's already answered that because yeah. Mark and I do Q&A <laughs> all the time. So Mark, I'm not going to do that. Cool. Um, if you liked this episode of Bulletproof Radio, uh, you can do a, a bunch of different things. Uh, one of them is do something to show gratitude or just to be grateful. Uh, you can re-listen to the part of the episode where Mark is walking you through some breathing exercises about seeing which of your stories are true. You can also sign up for the training, but you don't have to sign up for the training in order to get uh, the benefits of this knowledge. Just understand feelings happen first and thoughts happen second. And just that one thing is like a huge thing to walk away from this with. And if you decide to do the training, beunlimitedtraining.com, uh, check it out. It'll be worth your time. I'm, I'm so pleased to bring it to you. And this episode is standalone. If you never do the training, that's okay. Thank you. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider.
This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.